Refugee Radio, 855 AM 3CR. We want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land who we are broadcasting from, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and respect the elders past, present and emerging and their ongoing struggle. You're listening to Refugee Radio on 3CR on 855 AM or on 3cr.org.au. On this week's show, we're going to be listening to an interview through the podcast Dirty Linen with the Tamil refugee Neurovisiasika about his time in detention and his traditional food and market stall. Today on Dirty Linen, we are chatting to Nero Vichyasika. He is a Sri Lankan Tamil man who is in Australia running a business, uh, cooking and selling kotu roti. I have been lucky enough to eat Nero's kotu roti at a beautiful event to celebrate the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre's Feast for Freedom, in which uh, anybody who wants to gets the recipes of uh, selected refugees and cooks them to create awareness and to fundraise for refugees and people seeking asylum in Australia. Nero, welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ah, thank you for being here. So Kotu Roti is such a specific Sri Lankan street food dish that you don't only eat but you hear as well, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Tell us tell us about it. Tell us what it is and, and why you might listen to it as well as eat it. So most of um uh food makers or their small um shop they have uh, around Sri Lanka, the evening time they make kotoroti. So we wait sometime uh, our home also hear that sound to go to eat that uh, dish. And especially it's a street, very street food and especially they make uh, evening time. Um, yeah, it's a mix uh, veggie, curry and um, roti parat uh, we cook in a hot plate. Yeah, that's a. This have a very uh, different, uh, few different uh, version also, vegetarian um, and meat also. Yeah. And so, um, what I what I love about it is that the sound comes from the vendors chopping the kotoroti. So you've got these two, I guess, scrapers and stirrers, one in each hand, and they've they sort of got a flat blade, and you percussively hit them up and down on the hot plate, and um, different kotoroti uh, vendors have different rhythms, don't they? Yeah, that's a, we can um, tell. This is a proper kotoroti maker because they play the you know with they play with the metal so the hot plate also metal and the spoon uh chopping um thing also metal so they some uh, if they are uh, proportional people or they are uh, very well so they uh, play the sound you know rhythm they have a rhythm good rhythm so some people go to uh, that uh, place to listen that rhythm sound also so you could tell you you could be listening and you would know which which kotoroti man you was uh what you could you could hear so you could go towards that sound to get your favorite kotoroti yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love it so do you have a particular rhythm yourself or do you just like improvise um no just i i have that um that tra- uh, traditional rhythm i can say that because i learned that um now i um on on uh, on the truck uh, so 
i'm nearly uh, qualify you know <laughs> <laughs> through that uh, sound yeah i love it so your um your food truck it took it took a kochurati man you, we, we can see that popping up at markets and festivals around melbourne um to, yeah, tell us what it's like to to make this dish in front of people and to serve it at the various places you do um so yeah yeah i go to um, monthly three different places to make this dish um uh that some people come and say oh, yeah i know this sound i knew i knew this sound they saying so that's i ask next question are uh, you have you been to sri lanka yes so so that's uh, some people follow the sound to here most of uh, uh some uh, most of people are uh, been sri lanka so they know the sound so they they had that this they come to ah uh, and they have with uh, the dish and also um some people uh, saw the action and you know the ingredients everything so oh, the smell you know that fresh smell so they come to say they some people don't know the name but they they point out that dish oh, i i need that one can i have that one? so <laughs> it's a, yeah good action shot and people like that mm, that's, that's great too, yeah Yeah, I love it as a dish because you know to have so you have the roti, the 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 bread and then it's chopped up and then fried again and I just think I'm such a lover of of any bread really but roti is is so special and to have it cooked again in a dish to me uh, it's just it's the ultimate. And then of course you can be with all kinds of different meats or it can be vegetarian, can be with egg. Um so it's a very versatile dish as well, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, that's you know here we can have I have a few options also and we can uh, make it up <laughs> hmm. um okay great so nira i'd love to learn a bit more about your background um because uh yeah in in sri lanka you were not um you were not a cook or you not a, you didn't have a food business can you tell us about your life in sri lanka and why you had to leave um so that i grew up uh, in sri lanka a very small village and until i leave country left country it's had a civil war so i grow up um the civil war situation um a country place so so that's make us little bit um danger or not freedom life so that's how to leave a country um yeah that, and did you, did you leave by yourself or with anybody else um i left some uh, with some friends yeah few friends we left and how old were you when you left um nearly 30 something 30 okay um so i mean a lot of people would know about the civil war in sri lanka between the the sinhalese dominated government um and minority tamils so you're you're from a, the tamil um part of the sri lankan society and and um i mean in and out of civil war and various peace periods of, of so-called peace there've been lots of flare-ups but tamils have um yeah had a really difficult time in sri lanka for uh yeah for for a long time right yeah that's true nearly um um 34 36 years something so that's a very long war for the as a uh, recognized as a sri lankan so we uh, as a, a tamil people are uh, 
we we not get much uh, freedom or rights as a sri lankan so that's continue and generation by generation it's it's happen it's still up it's a different way it's happening now you can uh, people can follow or they can read through the um internet they can find out more mm sure so when you left i mean how did you leave and where did you go um that's a kind of um um english movie <laughs> uh yeah it's uh, i had a, some um um uh, some threat or some uh, dangerous situation so i have to uh, we have to move so then we moved from my village to other village so we stay in uh, some um very remote area or near the forest so we stay there and a little bit we hide ourselves wow so then uh, we organize um um escape from the country we found some people uh, we give the money or you know that's something we uh, they can do so if we have money you can do anything so that's how we use that um um way so we left country then i was i reached in malaysia then i applied for the malaysian uh, unhcr so then um i don't had any uh, when i was in malaysia i don't had any uh, visa so i can live um, uh, under malaysian unhcr so so that's i lived there in malaysia a few months so then um, malaysia also i had uh, some uh, you know we can't work uh, we we don't have much as a uh, freedom man so we can live uh, legally but we can't do any um, work or study or a lot of things we can do so then uh, we apply so and the malaysian unity has said uh, you have to wait to resettle other countries they don't give any time frame it take 5 uh, years or 10 years or any years so this in a united nations um refugee camp is that where you were at that time yeah yes Yeah. Okay. And so they would like, well, you've got to go somewhere else. We don't know where, we don't know when, and you can't do anything else in the meantime, so you just just you just have to stay here and wait. Yes. They they keep us alive. They give us food and some um vouchers to shop other things. Um that's only they keep us same like alive. And so then um, that time a lot of boat come to Australia. So yeah we my friends got a chance so we got a agent to we found the agent then we um reach we asked them to uh organize to go to australia by boat so then yeah one day 2009 we get on the boat boat <laughs> okay and what was that boat ride like um they said uh before we get on the boat um they said uh, you have uh, everything in the boat um they said ship so they that's a, not they never use any boat words just they said ship you're going to get on the ship that ship have everything so no problem um food and safety things water and other things everything medicine everything um so one night they took us very small um same like kayak uh, 10 people or five people uh, same like so then they Uh, we get on big uh, fishing boat same like uh, that's a 
a wooden boat not very strong ship <laughs> yeah i thought we thought okay so this is the next next one so we going to uh, get another big ship um so that's that boat uh, look like uh, old look like new that's a very um medium uh quality things and so we are, yeah we thought okay we going to ranch for another one also so then we wait in a uh, oceans then every night some people come five people 10 people same like they load they load until um nearly 50 people more than 50 people load that boat um wow yeah, yeah it's we stay in a few days so we stay in a few days so the few days within few days we uh, we got a seasick so so we everyone want to sit on the hull you know the front of the boat so nothing there just a boot big piece of boot only you know that coming boots only the joint and between we sit in the joint only uh we sit on the floor nothing no chairs or or not seat or not no cloth nothing so we we what we bring the cloth we use that to sit on or we make sometimes it's water come inside so we use that cloth to dry ourselves or keep warm ourselves and yeah sometimes we warm it next to us or next to our on the feet so we wipe it <laughs> yeah we, we that's a very um dangerous journey yeah oh it sounds horrific and so at a certain point you realized oh okay we're not going to a bigger boat this is the boat that is going to take us the whole way yeah we don't know we never come out of that hull uh we don't know what's happening boat is moving or staying one place or because that wave move all oh. the boat so we are also seasick we feel ah, what's happening what's um sometimes they bring the big pot of rice uh, the potato um they, that's a food they sending inside so um that potato and rice boiled potato and rice boiled potato and cooked rice so um sometimes that's potato cook calf cook so we eat and you know we can't eat calf and sometimes we eat uh, after eat it's straight coming out that's a, we everybody most of people got seasick so um, i know uh. we, when i was sri lanka too <laughs> so it's make very a uh, sick sick journey or uh, and do you know how long it was before you got to land yeah uh, i got a two two weeks two weeks uh, i was on the board that same board and the whole time you were just in the hull you couldn't see if or where you were going there was no um yeah i mean i'm assuming like what was the toilet situation um they they allow sometime um uh up we can go up to uh, toilet uh, so that's uh, they sometimes they allow to toilet um in uh, evening night time so we can come up night time so when we come at night so we same like we are crawling you know we holding the uh, wood piece and wood somewhere so we wrap something so we walk same like with four four legs <laughs> uh, to the toilet and go there so we we don't have any toilet because we not eat much food <laughs> okay so we go there that's um, 
we can see the toilet through the toilet sea water so that's make the universe too then we come back again same uh, and when, when at the end of this two weeks what happened where did you end up um end up uh, australian navy stop uh, australian navy come and rescue after uh, we reached the um, christmas silence some friends said our boat break uh, uh, engine break uh, a few days so we stayed there and some people have uh, the contact the some people and they organize so i don't know they ask help so then australian navy come and rescue us did the engine break or that's just what they said so that someone would come no that's a completely breakdown we don't know that's until uh, army come and uh, take their uh, big ship wow and at that point did you think okay this is good or did you think okay this this is bad i mean what did you think um you know that situation that time we don't know we have we don't have i don't have any energy we feel ah uh, what's happening or uh, we moving same like uh, dehydrated and every time throw and no water enough not food enough not food yeah so you, yeah you don't have the energy to really think much one way or the other you're just sort of in survival mode yeah so then uh, next army come and uh, call us the navy come they rescue then they took us they are big ship then after that we start to uh, bring a little bit water and they take you take you a little bit food so yeah okay so they took you onto the big ship did they yeah yes yeah yeah and then um where did you go next uh they took uh, they keep us two days because most people are very um energy you know no energy less they can't walk also so we keep they keep the in the ship wow and they near the christmas island they keep us and they the doctors giving um little bit energy and water slowly 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 they give the solid food also so they we start to eat then when we ready to uh move small boat and uh go to the sea so so they start to move uh, one by one okay and did they take you to christmas island yeah yes they dropped us to uh, christmas island and so on christmas island there's a detention center and a lot of refugees who arrived in australia by boat were taken there um tell me about that about that period um a few weeks we were separated uh, until we finished our medical checkup and our you know our well, our identity or i don't know that's uh, we had a lot of medical check up and um, they ask our details um they give good food and everything then after that they send us big main camp so they that time they said nearly 4 4000 people are locked up that camp so we also joined with that 4000 wow and i mean I can only imagine what that was like but it sounds I mean when you see so many people that are in detention that aren't living in the Australian community was that really concerning for you that this this wasn't going to be um you weren't going to be I guess assessed as a refugee and accepted into the community in a timely way Yeah you know that's uh, people come from different area different country to live uh, as a live uh, freedom people freedom man or freedom 
um, society because uh, they had a very bad uh, um, situation in their back countries, everyone. So you can uh, talk with them, anyone come as a refugee, they have a very bad life. So uh, every in Christmas asylum, you can see nearly 4,000, more than 4,000 people walk around nearly uh, maybe that's a, you can see if you sit one place you can see the lot of people are in a small area um so the most of people have a uh, some hope some people know hope and behind everything you know some people lot of people left just themselves so their family kids and everything you know a lot of things they behind them um they are so that things are make them to stress life also make stress love life and also they don't know what's going to happen so every government or the different uh, immigration minister changing policy if they come they change straight they change uh, refugee policy only so that's directly affect this um the innocent people you know that uh, they come from deadly place of war so they come they come to live as a freedom people then again um that new law come and smash their life and hope and everything yeah so how long were you there nero i was there ne- nearly uh, one and a half years nearly i, I think then uh, we move i move uh Vipa in queensland um I, they are also ne- nearly years then I was uh, totally locked up immigration camp six years more than six years that is I mean that is a lot of your life to be locked up how many different detention centers were you in I've, I've been uh, four different places and uh, Christmas Island then Avipa in Queensland and Port Augusta in Adelaide uh, finally brought Meadows in Melbourne uh, it's just so distressing and i mean it's this is 6 years of your life and you know it's um yeah it's really distressing so so broadmeadows um the detention center in in melbourne so what at what point and what was the reason that you were finally released into the community um Really, I don't know because um, before they said before until release uh, from immigration camp, uh, they said uh, you are uh, you got a negative uh, security clearance. Um, I asked, you know, I asked why, or what's the reason? They say no, under the some law they give uh, some paper under that this law you are um, you got a negative clearance. That's only uh, we got answer. Um, then one day they uh, they said okay after 6 years they said okay you you are clear or you are you can leave this community okay and so what is your visa status now um now i got a, a temporary uh, visa and so is it like a a bridging visa i mean do you, what's the pathway is there a pathway to permanent residency or is that not is that still not clear um yeah still uh not clear for me or some people because they have a two type of uh, temporary visa 
and i got a uh, that's a five years valid temporary visa it's called safe haven enterprise right so you've and how far into that five years are you um just i got a uh, nearly month ago okay okay so you know you've got five years where you're allowed to live and work in australia is that right um i don't know the uh, my legal uh representative he said um I still we we are I not talk much with about that visa condition everything he sent the email I read it a cough I understand cough not understand so yeah I'm waiting to talk with him and also yeah some people some some friends got this visa but still uh, uh different that's also different uh, uh, um every month or every six months that visa upgrading or changing some policies uh, rules so i don't know still i just um yeah feel really stricken by the uncertainty that you've been living with for so long i i'm so glad that you're living in, in our community and obviously contributing wonderful energy and food um to our community but it's um yeah it's just really shameful that you are kept in such limbo for so long uh obviously nobody um you know would would no no one would put themselves through what you've been through uh for a whim there's obviously a, you know a really good reason that you had to leave sri lanka so yeah i just feel really sorry that this is this is the situation that you're in um nero one thing i have have always wondered is about the food in the detention centers can you tell me how you were fed um that's a uh, uh, boiled vegetable and they keep they bring boiled because that uh, you know a, a lot of country people are locked up one place mm, yeah so they can't eat my uh, my traditional meal or rice and curry they i don't know what they are with this traditional so that that's a food provider so that's a seco company do that things they boil the vegetable uh, and bring the sauce some sauce and we just point uh, giving uh, this vegetable and that one piece of meat and okay so they have uh, which sauce would you like so this one that one so we pointing that one uh, they put on top of that's uh, that's it it sounds super boring and quite demoral- demoralizing as well sometimes they uh, already put sauce so sometimes we bring that uh, meal we wash that sauce and we eat <laughs> yuck yeah um so i understand that you f- you started uh, making kotoroti in detention can you tell me about that um uh, so after uh, uh, i move brought me to scam we got a chance to make our own meal uh, once a own meal one one day a month so that time uh, some friends um they are good cook they they good cook so we make a small uh, group and we we cook every evening for for the for us so nearly a lot of uh, long term uh, refugee are locked up in immigration camp uh, in broad uh, meadows and sydney so still some people locked up nearly 11 years um and uh, so that team uh, we make a meal and uh, so 
one of person our good cook so we he is the team um he's a main chef so others are we are kind of uh, helping to him so yeah that's a, a kind of um very activities good activities for us uh, or change our little bit our routine mm. and did you say it was just one day a month no one one day every day one one meal. oh you could do it every day yeah. one meal every day yeah. that must have made a big difference to i guess your state of mind while you were in detention yeah so we we was after uh, locked up you know we was locked up 6 years and some uh, still there but after 3 years we got this chance 3 or 4 years uh, we requested come me uh, immigration we want eat some our traditional meal so make us to do that so then organize for that you're listening to 3CR community radio 855 am thanks for listening to refugee radio this week on 3CR you can hear the full podcast Just search for Dirty Linen Podcast online. We'll have a link on the 3CR website as well. Thanks for listening. The Rainbow Door is a free, culturally safe, specialist helpline for all LGBTIQA plus Victorians. The helpline provides information, support and referral from experienced peer workers on issues including mental health, family violence and relationships, suicide prevention and sexual assault. For information, support and referral, call the Rainbow Door on 1-800-729-367. That's 1-800-729-367, 10am to 6pm every day. Switchboard is a 3CR supporter.